What's up, Uncut Fantasy Sports World, coming to you live on Wednesday, November 20th from Blackburn Studios. AB is here getting ready to break down week 12 of the fantasy football season, two weeks away from your fantasy football playoffs. Now or never time for a lot of teams. Uh, Most people's Trade deadlines have expired. There are some uh, extended trade deadline leagues out there. I'm in one. Always fun to have this late in the year, uh, the ability to to sling trades at the last second for injured guys, for desperation plays, to, to make your playoff team stronger, whatever the incentive may be. But it kind of goes without saying, a humongous Fucking fantasy football week is upon us. So let's break down game by game what week 12 looks like in 2019 fantasy football. Turn up the music and let's get ready to go. How you living on your block? I got a lot. What's going down on your side? Who got shot? Same shit, yeah, Alright, so week 12 of the 2019 fantasy football season. Wow. I mean, that, that is wild to think that we are one week away from Thanksgiving Day games, which is always everybody's favorite. Uh, but before that, we have one more week where, believe it or not, week 12, it seems late to have four teams on by, but we do. And man, they are big boy fucking teams, uh, both NFL as well as fantasy-wise. Got your Chiefs on a by. You got your Vikings on a by. You got the various offensive threats on the Arizona Cardinals on a by. And of course, you have, I don't know, three to five fantasy football starters on the Los Angeles Chargers on a bye. I mean, that is a lot of meat on a bye. Uh, So rather than complain and sulk about a late season bye in fantasy football, let's talk about what you can do. Starting with Thursday night football, AFC South matchup, six and four teams in a humongous divisional game in, in real football. Uh, but also a very interesting game for fantasy football purposes. The Colts go to Houston. Absolute backbreaker that Marlon Mack fractures his hand. And last week's game, I mean, that is fucking tough. Personal note, <laughs> of course, I traded for Mack last week as well as Connor. Brutal because he looked so good. The offensive line looked so good. Bursette is healthy. Time for Mac to take off, and boom. Goes over 100, scores a TD, breaks his hand. Enter Jonathan Williams. Post-hype sleeper appeal. I mean, I remember when people were talking about this guy. Think back in either 2015, maybe 16. He comes in the game, looks fucking awesome. Um, the issue, of course, which I'm sure you've heard over and over again, is the Jordan Wilkins problem. Obviously, he didn't play last week when Jonathan Williams went nuts. I still think Jonathan Williams is the back to own here. Uh, we kind of know who Jordan Wilkins is at this point. He has been very uninspiring in the chances that he has gotten to play. 
you know, short week turnaround time. I did read that Jordan Wilkins was not even listed on the final injury report. Um, I, I still think Jonathan Williams is the play here and a pretty decent play. PPR, Niam Hines is interesting. His floor is a little scary. Um, with Brissett behind center, you know, hopefully T.Y. is healthy enough to play, especially uh, for those that own him and have been sitting on him for a long time now. You know, T.Y., though, is much more of a floor guy than a ceiling guy with Brissett behind center. And that's the same way that I feel about Hines. Should have a decent floor. Should pick up, let's call it, I don't know, four catches. Um, so that, that'll play in a PPR league. I'd be very hesitant to play Hines in a non-PPR league, still leaning on Williams. Um, and for the Texans, you know, same boat that T.Y. Hilton is in. Hopefully Will Fuller gets to play, uh, and hopefully he can play a full game. But, I mean, that guy has begun to to really look the part of fool's gold in fantasy football, constantly getting hurt. You never know when he's going to pull up lame and get knocked out of the first quarter. Really ballsy start, even with all those teams on by, as Will Fuller. Um, you know what to do when it comes with Hopkins. Watson, man, oh man, this guy is the king of taketh and giveth away in fantasy football every single time. Looks like he is about to go absolutely nuts and go on a gigantic run in fantasy football. He does things like last week against Baltimore and just looks like shit. I'd be hard-pressed to start a quarterback in fantasy football over Watson this week outside of your obvious, you know, Lamar Jackson, uh, Russell Wilson uh, type of starts. But, man, it, it's uh, it's not just a no-brainer situation anymore for Watson. Got to start him. Should play well at home. Should play well in a division game. Wish that over-under was a little higher than 45-and-a-half, but um, it should be a good game nonetheless. And uh, again, if we're ranking those three Indianapolis Colts running backs, we would go Jonathan Williams, then Hines and PPR, then Wilkins or Wilkins, and then Hines and non-PPR. Very interested to see what the reports are on Wilkins Wednesday evening and Thursday morning. Sunday kicks off NFC South game. Awesome, awesome fantasy game. Bucks go to a resurgent Atlanta Falcons, 51.5 or 52-point over-under, depending where you do your research. A lot of points should be scored here. Um, you know, an exciting record is being chased right now by Jameis Winston. Can he topple the turnovers through the first five seasons, uh, Mark, set by Chaboy, Jake Delhomme? Um I'm a little nervous when it comes to Winston, not so much for Winston, but if he gets benched, uh, the Godwin-Evans situation becomes really gross really fast. So Winston almost certainly will turn the ball over in this game. The question is how many times, and will that you know be the last straw for Bruce Arians? Regardless, you got to start him at Atlanta, uh, again, unless you have one of those... QB1 type of starts. 
like Lamar waiting in the wings, but should be a really fun fantasy game. Brian Hill gets the shit the bed of the year award for plug and play last week. I mean, it just doesn't make any sense. The matchup was there, um, and the volume was there, and he just couldn't do anything with it. Not a thing. You know, there's no one challenging you, and you just look like unbelievably slow-footed, very confusing uh, usage after a little while. That was really tough to watch. We thought Brian Hill was looking sleepy last week after he, what, he, what he did the week before, but that was that was tough. Um, but again, you know, with all these other teams on by, you know, Dalvin Cook or or one of the Kansas City running backs or one of the Chargers running backs, Brian Hill is still not a bad plug-and-play guy. Just remember that Tampa Bay defense is pass funnel, very tough against the run. So you're hoping for some catches out of the backfield. And of course, you're hoping for a Devontae Freeman inactive again. One guy that we love this week across DFS and in fantasy uh, season long is Ridley. Ridley really showed out last week. Should get a ton of looks this week. Classic situation of uh, a team's second wide receiver enjoying all of the attention that the WR1 gets in Julio should be a big Ridley week. Really, really like him. Would really take a long look at him in uh, DraftKings or FanDuel this week. Going from a 51.5 or 52-point over-under Tampa versus Atlanta, then we go to a 37 over-under Denver versus the Bills. Um you know, this is a classic case of a be careful game. Be careful with various parts here. Be very careful with Josh Allen. Started him last week, looked awesome, probably put up 40 for you, something close to that. And we've been on Josh Allen's nuts all year from the summer up through last week. Just be aware that this Denver team is for real when they play against opposing quarterbacks. They've murdered fantasy football quarterbacks when Denver uh, has played against them. Now, last week, Kirk Cousins did look good against them. He was the first guy to really look good. Way back in week four, Gardner Minshew had a serviceable day against the Broncos. But besides that, just just it's it's been tough sledding for fantasy football quarterbacks playing against the Denver D. We benched Josh Allen this week. We talked about him in our bus column. No thank you. John Brown, same thing. Huge game. John Brown, finally, coming out party last week. Had a big triple-digit receiving day with a pair of touchdowns. Huge day. Just be careful. Be careful. The assumption will be Chris Harris will be matched up against Brown in some fashion. Um, Tough guy to bench. Totally get that. Um, benching Josh Allen should be easier than John Brown, but just be careful this week. That over-under is scary. That Broncos defense is scary for for, uh, quarterbacks and wide receivers alike. And then on the other side of the ball, I mean, we will say sorry for for hating on Cortland Sutton for so long. I mean, the guy's got fucking skills, and he's going to go high in drafts next year, rightfully so. You know, he's got a little bit of that, early uh, career DeAndre Hopkins thing going on where it might not matter who his quarterback is. He, he just has the skill and the hands to be a successful wide receiver in this league. 
but we also talked about him in our bus column this week. Tredavious White keeps getting better. He's not the shutdown corner that he was two years ago or last year, but he's still a fucking solid corner. The Bills' defense is very solid. And in a 37-point over-under where Buffalo is favored by between four and five, depending on the sports book that you're looking at, bottom line, Broncos are not expected to score a lot of points. So a big be careful game. Josh Allen, John Brown, Cortland Sutton were never that high on the Denver running backs. Um, although we will say Buffalo is more susceptible to running backs than they are uh, via the air. Um, just a very, very be careful type of game for fantasy football. The New York Giants then go to the Chicago Bears. Um, Giants off of their bye. The best play uh, in this game for fantasy football, in our opinion, is clearly Chicago D. You know, the the shitty thing on the Giants' side of the ball is if Sterling Shepard comes back, obviously that caps Golden Tate's appeal in an already tough matchup. Uh, You're going to start Saquon Barkley regardless. David Montgomery, ugh, I mean, that is just doesn't feel good to to have him in your starting fantasy football lineup. Technically on paper, it should be a decent matchup. As a sleeper, we actually like Tarek Cohen this week. Um, He looks clearly like the better back. He looks faster. He looks quicker. Definitely two different things. Catches the ball better. Um, Looks like a nice safety valve for Trubisky, assuming he's out there. All in all, you know, the only two no-brainer starts in this game are Saquon, and we do like Allen Robinson in this matchup. We like Cohen more than uh, Monty this week. Um, and if you're a Golden Tate owner, even in PPR, keep a close eye on Shepard because it just caps his upside, and you might have a better, uh, sneakier, sleeperish type of play than Tate this week. Pittsburgh goes to the Bengals. Yuck, what an awful game. Uh, Hopefully everyone will keep their helmet on this game. Um, Nightmare game for James Conner to miss. Nightmare. Um, In fact, personal note number two, last week I traded for both Marlon Mack and and Conner. Brutal. (laughs) Brutal. But this is a shitty, shitty game for Conner to miss. I mean, the Bengals' run defense sucks. This would have been a 25-carry Connor game easily if he was in there. Now you got to deal with Jalen Samuels, who's much more appealing in PPR than he is in standard. If for not, you know, the simple fact, he just doesn't look like a fucking NFL running back who can carry the ball more than 10 times a game max. Now in this game, he should get a lot of volume. Will be interesting. Let's assume that Connor's out. Will be interesting to see if Benny Snell is healthy. He looks a little sleeperish to us, uh, but it's a really tough thing to predict. And on the Bengals side of the ball, now 0-10. And here they are in a 39.5 point over-under game where Pittsburgh is favored by a touchdown. Yeah, I mean, that is tough. Mixon, you know, again, based on where you drafted him, if you traded for him, whatever, very tough guy to bench, especially because... He is just getting absolutely fed the rock right now. But it is really, really hard to start any other bangle at all. And that includes our boy, Tyler Boyd. I mean, 
Yeah, Audente got carted off the field. Looks doubtful to play. Um, Erickson is still there. Guys like Tyler Eifert are still there. So in theory, the volume should be there for Boyd. But Finley as a quarterback just really limits the entire offensive upside whatsoever of this team. And it is really hard to start Tyler Boyd right now. We talked about him in our bus column. Steelers' defense is for real. The Bengals' offensive line absolutely blows. Finley cannot throw the ball downfield. It's a great week to to bench Tyler Boyd, and, and I just don't know how you can start him the rest of the year unless he shows you something, just something. I mean, one catch for zero yards, uh, that's rough, man. Technically, he did the uh, squeaky wheel routine this week where you know, complaining about his target share. and I don't think it matters. Finley's just that bad and just takes no shots down the field. This is mixing or no one type of game for fantasy football, and I don't think it's going to change for the rest of 2019 when it comes to the Bengals. Miami, spry, spry Miami, plays fucking hard. <laughs> kind of get sick of hearing about, you know, everyone talking about how hard Miami plays. Get the fuck out of here with that. They, they go to Cleveland um, coming off that emotional, you know, on-field disaster moment for Miles Garrett. Um, I love the guys who try to defend Miles Garrett. What a bunch of assholes. Anyway, um, interesting game from a fantasy football perspective. Here comes Baker, right? Like, is it Baker time? Is it Cleveland time? Uh, we talked about him in our sleepers call this week, but, you know, obviously when you see hosting... Miami green lights go off all around and we kind of talked about it um, last week and over the course of really the last two weeks about how this Cleveland schedule loosens up a little bit the next month or so you know Baker's playing the Dolphins then he's got to go to Pittsburgh and then back to back in your fantasy football playoffs host Cincinnati goes to Arizona that's pretty fucking sweet um, should be a good week for him. Should be a big Nick Chubb week. Um, and then also we like as a sleeper, particularly in PPR, Kareem Hunt, man. Guy is just not going away. He looks great. He looks like exactly how you would imagine a young running back with fresh legs to look. Uh, looks motivated. Um, really like him as a as a sleeperish type of guy this week, especially in PPR. And we are not giving up on Devontae Parker. Still like him. Targets are still there every single game. I mean, volume is king. He has got about as much volume as a wide receiver can handle right now. Fitzpatrick keeps looking for him. I think Devontae Parker scores this week. Really like his chances. We like the over in this game. Right now sitting at 44.5. Cleveland 10.5. Feels like a lot for Cleveland, um, trappy game feels trappy for a lot of reasons. Uh, when it comes to betting fantasy, OBJ. Yes. Landry. Yes. Chubb. Yes. Hunt. Yes. Baker. Yes. Parker. Yep. Kalen Balaj vomit guy sucks. Like if you're in a bind, I get it because he has no competition, but outside of that, we know who this guy is at this point. Um, underrated fantasy football game, Miami at Cleveland. NFC South, 
NFC South is the hardest division to to predict. Anything can happen in these games. Carolina goes to the Saints. That line keeps moving in New Orleans' favor. Right now, minus 10 New Orleans. Um, You know, we always talk about Carolina being a run-funnel defense. Uh, I, I think it's a sleepery week for Latavius Murray. I think he could get a lot of run this week. Uh, and outside of that, it's a pretty obvious fantasy start sit situation. Michael Thomas is just on a different fucking planet right now. Uh, and then, you know, you're, you're obviously going to start Kamara, obviously going to start CMC, obviously going to start DJ Moore. By the way, DJ Moore, I mean, he is doing his best to fight off this Kyle Allen-itis um, who completely shit the bed and is clearly not the guy zero tds four picks last week that should be a fantasy football penalty anyway the only question that we have when it comes to this game is in addition to latavius murray who i think is a nice little sleeper especially if you're in a deeper league is curtis samuel curtis samuel seems to have gotten bitten the worst by the kyle allen disease uh, DJ Moore is such a safer play, has such a nicer floor and ceiling. Uh, Curtis Samuel had a really good spurt right there. Hopefully you didn't get tricked by somebody in your fantasy league and traded for him. This is a tough game for him. Now look, Lattimore was a DNP today at practice. Again, this is Wednesday, November 20th. Um, We'll see if he plays. Not sure it matters with Kyle Allen out there. Saints D is a sweet play this week. This could be a tricky game for McCaffrey to realize his otherworldly upside. His floor is obviously arguably the best in the NFL, but we think it's going to be a pretty big blowout and a statement game from the Saints. So from fantasy perspective, pretty easy one to, uh, to forecast start sit outside of Keep an eye on Murray, especially in DFS, uh, especially in non-PPR leagues that might be deeper leagues, and shy away from Samuel if possible. The 6-4 and four Oakland Raiders, who with a win here would be the AFC West uh, leaders, which is incredible, tied with, tied with the Chiefs, go to the New York Jets, um, not really sure what the weather is supposed to be like in this game. One guy that we would focus on um, is just Bell. I, I'm, I'm not convinced he's okay. And, and I am convinced that Gase hates this fucking guy. Obviously, you can't bench him, but he, he is one of the most underutilized players in the league, and it is very, very confusing. Um, at the same time, the Jets do have a pretty good line, defensive line, um, and the spread kind of reflects that. Oakland minus two and a half. Six and four goes to three and seven. Something doesn't feel right there. Could be a trappy game for Jacobs, but his volume is unquestioned, and he sits right there on the RB1-2 border at worst. I mean, what a, what a year that guy's had. PPR, got two names for you in PPR. Ryan Griffin. Ryan Griffin continues to put up very useful stat lines uh, with Sam Darnold under schedule, under center, sorry. Uh, you know, his stat line last week was obviously awesome. 
five for 109 and a touchdown. That's unreal at the tight end position. This is a great spot for him. Raiders are very susceptible through the air. Really like Ryan Griffin and PPR this week. Uh, if you have a tight end on bye, maybe Kelsey or, or Hunter Henry, something like that. Really like him as a plug and play. Um, and then on the Raiders side of the ball, PPR threat. PPR alert. Hunter Renfro. Bro. Dude, he was a college all-star uh, down at Clemson. And Carr seems to just really trust him. And he is turning into, you know, a poor man's Edelman, a rich man's Cole Beasley. Really like Hunter Renfro in this offense. The Jets uh, are also susceptible through the air. And if you're in a PPR bind, you can do a lot worse than Renfro this week. So Hunter Renfro and Ryan Griffin, two guys to keep an eye on, particularly if you're in a bye week um in a bye week situation, really like both of those guys in PPR leagues. Really fun game here. Seattle at Philly. Philly is in desperation mode. Wentz looks sleepy. We talked to him in our we talked about him in our sleeper column this week. This has got to be the Wentz bounce back game, right? I mean, Seattle can be beaten through the air on the ground. Their defense is not the typical Seattle defense you're used to. Over-under has crept up to 49 with a spread of only one and a half, which basically is saying both teams should have plenty of points on the board. Really like Wentz as a sleeper this week. Could, could see myself playing a lot of Wentz in FanDuel and DraftKings. Love him uh, in season-long fantasy leagues this week. This is the, the beginning of the stretch for the Eagles where their skill players, including Wentz, all become very, very intriguing. Seahawks at Dolphins, host Giants at Redskins. Pretty fucking sweet month coming up for Philly, Philly offense. And they finish off with the Dallas Cowboys too, who are definitely beatable uh, in Philadelphia. Really like the Eagles' rest of season outlook. The issue is, of course... They're so fucking banged up. Don't know if Jordan Howard's going to play. Don't know if Alshon is going to play. Now don't know if Nelson Aguilar is going to play. If Alshon does not play, really like Aguilar this week as a sleeper. I mean, Alshon didn't play last week. Yeah, they had to play against the fucking Patriots. I, I really like Aguilar as a sleeper this week. If there is no Alshon, of course, and then the big question is, if Jordan Howard can't play, is Miles Sanders capable of being the guy? He had a lot of nice first-half runs the last week and then just kind of disappeared. We know that he's a big threat through the air. We know that this Seahawks defense is one that you can gash. This is a really good chance for Miles Sanders fantasy football owners to figure out if they have a guy here or not, particularly in dynasty leagues. Um it looks like Jordan Howard will miss. Obviously, the appeal of Miles Sanders is strictly tied to the availability of Jordan Howard, but it, it, it should be a really telling test for that guy because we think he's fucking good. We think he's a three-down back. Does Philly? Can he prove it in a must-win desperation game? Fourth and two from midfield if Philly's down by four in the third quarter. They're going for it. They have to win this game. They're five and five. Um, we'll talk about it in a second, but the Cowboys go to the Patriots. If the Cowboys lose that game and Philly loses this game, that is a, such a massive missed opportunity. 
Really like Philadelphia uh, fantasy football skill position players in this game and from here on out. If you do still have a trade deadline, do not mind if you target them. Um, From Seattle, it's a little more clear-cut than the Philly side of the ball for fantasy. Carson's a stud. Russell Wilson's competing for the MVP. Is Tyler Lockett playing is the biggest question. If he does, you got to start him. You just have to start him and hope that he doesn't, you know, get pulled early or, or do some sort of, you know, Tyree kill bullshit first quarter type of move. Got to start Lockett. If Lockett doesn't play, everyone will rightfully be on DK Metcalf's nuts uh, all over probably FanDuel and DraftKings. Probably going to start him regardless in season-long fantasy leagues. But it could be the Josh Gordon emergence game. We could see that. Keep an eye on Lockett. If he's not playing, keep a closer eye on Josh Gordon. If for some reason Josh Gordon isn't owned in your fantasy league, correct that immediately. And speaking of correcting something immediately in your fantasy league, is Jacob Hollister owned in your fantasy league in the tight end spot? If he isn't, pick him up. Seattle has proven all season long that they are utilizing the tight end position in the passing game. And in fantasy football, that is a welcome sign. We all know what happened to Will Disley. That sucked. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Jacob Hollister has filled in very, very nicely and is flirting with must-start status in fantasy football at the tight end position. Wilson looks for him. He put together two great weeks. He blocks. He plays hard. He can receive. Check him out. Dallas goes to the Washington Redskins in what is actually a winnable game for the Skins. Um, The coolest storyline here are these running backs for fantasy football. Bo Scarborough and Darius Geis going at it. Uh, Adrian Peterson was listed on the um, uh, injury report from practice today with a turf toe-like symptom. That would skyrocket Darius Geis' usage and fantasy football stock. He clearly looks like the back of the future uh, compared to a 30-whatever-5-year-old Adrian Peterson. Chris Thompson might play. That would be fucking annoying for Darius Geis owners in fantasy to take away those you know third-down receptions. We'll see. But he looks intriguing. Um, and Bo Scarborough, dude. These Alabama bruiser running backs, I mean, he looked good last week, and he has emerged as the guy, no question. He outsnapped J.D. McKissick and Ty Johnson combined by a long shot last week. The shitty thing about Bo Scarborough and fantasy is that he doesn't catch balls. Uh, but against this Washington Redskins defense, do you need to? The Lions are one of the biggest clock-killing you know, teams in the league. I love Scarborough this week, particularly in non-PPR. In PPR, if I was choosing between Bo Scarborough and Geis, I would still go Scarborough right now because of the unquestioned role. Um, If Adrian Peterson cannot play, I would switch that, though. Really fun um, uh, snapshot of some potential running backs of the future in fantasy football. Like it a lot. Two afternoon games, which is horseshit, but oh well. Jacksonville goes to Tennessee in an AFC South shithole game. Um, 
you know, it's it's just one of those games where not a lot to see here, you know. Move on, keep moving on, guys. Not a lot to see here. You start your running backs. You're gonna start uh, DJ Shark. I get it. Um, besides Chark, Henry Fournette. I mean, if you're looking for a fill-in for Mahomes, or if you still start Rivers, or you've been starting either Kyler Murray or Cousins, and they're on by, I guess you could throw a dart at uh, Nick Foles. I would take a. I would much rather take a shot on Nick Foles because he throws the ball downfield more than Tannehill. I don't think you can start A.J. Brown or um, Corey Davis uh, for the Tennessee receivers. The, the, the floor is just awful. The floor is zero. Really boring fantasy football game aside from those two running backs. This is the type of game, because how much these teams run and throw high percentage passes, this game could be over in, you know, two hours. So not a lot of excitement here. But then America's game of the week, Dallas goes to New England. Boy, oh boy. Um, You know, this New England offense looks like shit, man. I don't know who you can start in this offense outside of Edelman. Clearly starting Tom Brady in fantasy football is ballsy, man, because that floor is scary. You know, now all of a sudden the Patriots are passing for touchdowns more with Julian Edelman than fucking Tom Brady. Sony Michelle looks tired. He just looks tired. If you want to take uh, an, an interesting flyer on a team for your fantasy football playoffs, check out Rex Burkhead. Let's see what he does this week. But the value of Sony Michelle gets murdered when Burkhead is in the game. And Burkhead just looks like the more confident guy. He's a better cat, pass catcher. He is better with uh, yards after contact. He has the trust of the staff of Brady. Keep an eye on Burkhead for your fantasy football playoffs. Let's see what he does in this game. Should be a uh, feed Zeke the game, feed Zeke the ball type of game. Um, Dak has looked awesome this year, but this is a tough, tough test for Dak, especially. And here's the big, big sneaky advice when it comes to this game take the under the weather looks bad the over under sitting at 46 we think that Zeke is going to get the ball a lot this game to try to keep the ball away from the Patriots this looks like it could be a grinded out gross rainy you know Massachusetts as we approach Thanksgiving type of day I I do not like, you know, a ton of fantasy players here. It's actually probably the lowest ranked we're going to see Amari Cooper all year. Everyone's been talking about these back-to-back games that Randall Cobb has had. Sure, like he might show up. Gallup looks good, tough guy to bench, but just keep the weather in mind, keep the matchup in mind, and be very, very careful outside of the obvious starts in Edelman and Zeke. Sunday Night Football flexed in because of how good of a game it is. Green Bay goes to San Francisco. That's really fun. Should be an underrated Rodgers type of game. Um, San Francisco defense has looked very vulnerable lately. Uh, But 
it also is one of those games where there are so many fucking fantasy football questions going into Sunday night football. It's just brutal to have that many questions in a late game like this. Here are all the health questions. Devontae Adams, are you okay? It looks like it. Debo Samuel, are you okay? Maybe. George Kittle, are you okay? Probably not. Emmanuel Sanders, are you okay? Maybe. Probably not. Matt Breida, are you okay? No. Green Bay offensive line, is this a five-man unit that where everyone's healthy? Probably not. I mean, that is a lot of fucking health questions to deal with ahead of a Sunday night football game. If you own Kittles, Sanders, Debo, even Adams. Adams looks fine, but you, you have to have some sort of contingency plan in place, especially for Kittle. Dwelly, look, I mean, he's a fine guy to have on your you know emergency contact list if you're a George Kittle owner. And look, I started him last week. He scored two touchdowns. Great. I mean, he fucking won me the week. Without that, I would have lost. I have Kittle. It sucks. But, but his target share is low. He is not a field stretcher. I think his box score last week was like four catches for 20 yards and two touchdowns. In fact, we're going to check that out really quick because I just want to make sure. Dwelly last week. Yes. Yep. Four for 14 and two touchdowns. Five targets total. His long was a five-yard catch. Just know that he's not going to score two fucking touchdowns every single week. So emergency contact list, fine. I'd rather you pick up Jimmy Graham as an emergency contact list tight end if you own George Kittle. Um, So something to consider in that game. Should be a fun game from a real football perspective. Very interesting game from a fantasy football perspective with all these health questions and obviously just a gigantic Sunday night football game. And we wrap up week 12 with Baltimore going to the Los Angeles Rams. I really don't know what to do with this game. Jared Goff looks awful. Awful. Are you supposed to bench Cooper Cup now? I, I <laughs> Good luck doing that. I mean, the guy is still... Ranked 33 overall in PPR leagues. Despite the last three weeks, he's gone by goose egg, six points. Still 33. I don't know if you can bench Cooper Cup, even with how bad Goff looks going up against Baltimore. Lamar is doing just such awesome shit. Um, Man, I don't remember the last time there was this exciting of a player. I mean, he really does remind me of Vic, uh, what he was able to do on the field. Hopefully Lamar is in a a big dog guy. Um, Gurley, yeah, he keeps looking better. Tough matchup. Um, but you're obviously starting Gurley. You're obviously starting Ingram. I think it's time to, to throw in the towel on Goff, man, in fantasy football. I mean, the guy just looks lost. He looks confused. Um He doesn't have Robert Woods. We don't know if he'll have Brandon Cooks, although it looks like it. But I I just can't trust in Goff right now. And if you have a cup and you still have a trade deadline, figure out a way to ship him out, man. He still has the brand name, but uh, things are going south in that offense in a fucking hurry. And um, it should be a really fun game to watch. 
I'm very interested to see how Lamar Jackson performs against one of the best defenses in the league. That's week 12. Week fucking 12. Already here of fantasy football. Last bye week. Second to last regular season fantasy football game. And next week, not only is it Thanksgiving, but it is your last fantasy football regular season week. Good luck this week, boys. We'll check you next week. Week 13. Go showing, dough flowing, eyes don't lie, hoes knowing, main attraction, lace love in the latest fashion, trained to Mackin, never rocking gators.